0: Well, today is a very special episode because this was the very first interview that I recorded, and Josh Gondelman is who I talked to. Josh Gondelman is a the head writer and producer of of Desus and Miro* on Showtime. He is i uh, won an Emmy. He has a comedy album. He has done late night comedy sets so many times. He's an incredibly accomplished person and a really nice guy. And it was great to talk to him. And I was so, so happy that he would be the first person that I got to talk to about the meaning of life and really set the tone for the podcast. So I hope that you enjoy this interview as much as I enjoy Josh Gondelman. And so here we go. I'm Ryan Beck, and this is The Meaning of Life. Um, this might be the hardest question, but would you just say your name and then, like, uh, who you are? Yeah,
1: sure. Oh, who I am. Like, how people would know me, or just who I am, like, as a See, person. this is, I was just gonna let you say okay. whatever you want, okay. because
0: I truly think that this might be the re- a really hard question I to answer. To,
1: to keep it open like that, it is tough, and I feel like I'm being, not by you, but by the listeners, I feel like they really will judge, not, like, judge harshly, but, like, it is a real way to know what someone's priorities are. So my name is Josh Gondelman. I am a writer and comedian. I've written for last week tonight with John Oliver. I'm a writer and producer on Jesus and Marrow. And I have a podcast called Make My Day. That's a game show with only one contestant. So the contestant always wins. That's who I am professionally. And I've written books and stuff. But like, as a person, I, I, I try... I mean, let me put it this way. My new, I'm, a, I'm a husband. I have a dog. I'm a, I'm a son, a brother, but like my new year's resolution for the past, I think three years running is to be a more present and available friend and also a more looming and formidable enemy. And that's, who I'm trying <laughs>
0: to. I mean, that's just such a, I, I always freak out when I encounter questions like that because it makes, it sends me into like an existential tailspin. Totally. Wait. No, me
1: too. Especially when it's like, Oh, how do you want to be introduced on the show? That's easy. You're like, here's a couple of credits that I think people mm-hmm. might know. But if it's like, Hey, who, who are you? Like what, what's your deal? I just want to go, like, uh I'm, I'm a bitch. I'm a lover. I'm a child. I'm a mother. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> just like yes. who, who knows? What do you, what do you, what will help you contextualize me for you?
0: Yeah, exactly. That's, um, that's always my problem with that kind of uh, question because I, I, um, I don't know if it's like a lifelong um, feeling of not being deserving or sure. low self-esteem, or maybe that uh, I don't like to define myself because then it, you know I feel like it's so concrete. Mm-hmm. Or if I do, I do I even deserve such a title, whatever it is. I
1: also feel like if I lead with work stuff, it seems like that is like because that's so often what we do, right? It's like there's the question like you meet someone new and they're like, what do you do? Um, which is like, at least that you're like, okay, you want to know like professionally what I'm about. But when someone's like, hey, who who are you? Like, t- tell me about yourself. And I lead with work stuff. I feel like I define that's I'm defining myself by that, which just, even though I'm really proud of things I've worked on, that doesn't feel like the best way to like set parameters for who I am as like a, a human being in the world, if that makes sense. But I also feel like outside of work stuff, I don't I'm not like, I don't have one of those like Twitter bios that's like, um, like husband, father of two, uh, seeking meaning in every interaction, lover of sarcasm, yeah. like that kind of stuff. And I don't know what mine would be.
0: Totally. Totally. So, I, I mean, the goal of this podcast, I wanted, I want to find the meaning of, you know, the meaning of life, Sure. Um, which seems like a lofty goal. But I already have some inclinations, you know, uh, one of those being that it's personal to each person and that some people don't have any. And like, do I need to find one at all? Or like, why, why do I need to find one? You know, yep. uh, what is it that makes me want to ask these questions? But the way that I'm going about this is that I want to ask people what's meaningful to them and then, you know, just keep gathering information and like learning from other people and just like, I just want to hear your story. I want to hear like what you're about and what gets you out of bed in the morning, right. what excites you, different things like that. Cool. That's the goal. I love that. Tell me something. Here's, here here's what I want to ask about. On your Twitter, you regularly do a pep talk. You will have anybody solicit you for advice and you, or, uh, uh, comfort or whatever they need. And then you dole that back out. Wh- why?
1: So, it started the the origin of it was like I guess it's about 8 years ago now. I was feeling pretty low in my with career stuff mostly and I what was like I wish somebody would tell me that like it'll probably be fine. Like not not like I'll achieve all my goals, but like this stuff that's hanging me up now, this doesn't define me. This is not going to um you know be a hang up for the rest of my life. It's not going to dog me forever. This like bad this rough professional period I was having. But instead of like asking for that, I probably had like five, 10 Twitter, five, ten thousand 10,000 Twitter followers at the time. And I was like, I could ask like, Hey, somebody tell me it's going to be okay. But like, I didn't need five or 10,000 people telling me it was going to be okay. But I figured like, if I know this information about myself, I bet I could be helpful to other people in the same way that I would like this help. And like just reaffirming this for other people will will help me feel it and help me internalize it myself so that's why i started doing it and now it's less about my own like those specific feelings and more just about like it helps me usually i'll do it like if i'm on the road that's when i do it the most or Mm -hmm. if i'm up late can't sleep my wife is asleep and i'm just like i would love to just like connect in a in a genuine way with people and it's like one in the morning and i can't just like text friends like Hey, are you up? I'm you know, I'd like to make a connection. I mean, I guess I could, but it's like too late for that to to always be an option. So I will so I do it as a way to like provide that connection for myself and that kind of comfort of like, oh, I'm not alone. There's there's people out there that that want to hear from me. And then I think I have like a pretty wide emotional bandwidth for like that kind of thing, for like hearing people and, like, being encouraging, because I really do... I think, like, most people, I, I feel like I would have something kind to say to them, even if they're people that I disagree with about a lot and, like, wouldn't say, like, hey, keep doing what you're doing, because I don't think that's valid encouragement for every person, but, like, I do think you can say, like, to everyone, like, there are... or almost everyone, there are people that care about you, and if you feel bad... They want to be there for you, which is like not a compliment, you know what I mean. But it is like a nice reminder that it's like, look, you're probably not like burdening the people in your own life, or like I could say like the things that you, the things that you really want are probably, you know, they're like or like you can make a difference. That's something you said, right? Like you can make things better with your effort, and you're like the the thing the the things that you can bring to make the world better are useful and and impactful, even if they're in small ways. So like that kind of stuff, I feel like it's like applicable to so many people. And and it feels like just from having done this for so many years, that sometimes people really want to hear that, but it's such a vulnerable thing to ask for, which is why I offer instead of being like, well, when people need to hear it, they know, they know to come to the pep talk Mm -hmm.
0: guy. It it is very comforting. uh, And I know that people derive comfort from it. Why do you think that, What's the the need for you on that end? Do you feel that you need to comfort other people?
1: That's a great question. I mean, I feel like I'm a... Thank you so much. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like I'm a real extrovert. So I do get something from it on that. Like I like that kind of connectivity. And I also feel like I... It is a small way. It's something I try to do for like my friends as well too. You know, it's not just like for strangers. But I feel like this is something that I can offer that doesn't cost me anything like it doesn't even the like mental mm-hmm. toll of doing it and like the time is like okay I can spare this and like maybe it will mean something to someone and it's something that I can do from 11:30 to 12:15 on a sunday night that like when there's not you know there's not that much else I'm doing then or like right. could do for other people then and so like it feels like a nice way to like um, use that kind of like emotional bandwidth I have and it feels
0: good. It, it also probably me. makes you feel valued in some way. Yeah,
1: I mean, I feel like I do feel valued. I think I for sure. and I feel like um helpful. I like love to feel helpful. That's something about me. Love to be. Helpful.
0: Why do you think that is something that you you'd like to feel helpful? Yeah,
1: I do not know. I, I, I'm gonna have to trace that way back, but i I like, I mean, like, I think I just have like very sweet parents and very encouraging parents and i think like part of it mm-hmm. was like when i was a kid i just wanted to like do well and be good at stuff like i didn't have like a lot of like rebelliousness in me and i think that maintains as an adult where like i am not like someone who really um feels like fueled by being a contrarian or for, by doing things that are like dangerous i just want to like make thing like it just for whatever reason it like works with my brain it's like i like to be helpful to people and 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 make things more pleasant and easier for people
0: yeah i think that's great i think a lot of people probably feel that way that they want to make things better but i think what i admire about you is that you're kind of um stubborn about it when i first met you you were you've always been very nice and i think that that's uh everyone's Impression of you is that you're very nice and but beyond being like polite. You're a very kind person you. And you're kind of um Not there's no shame to that. I think that uh, as we get older there sometimes feels a little bit of uh, shame to be Totally open with people because you open yourself up to mm-hmm. get hurt or to look silly in some situations mm-hmm. or whatever else And so I think that like as a fellow people pleaser growing up I, th- I think it's very admirable the way that you have kind of operated that way I
1: mean a lot of it it it, like takes a conscious effort I think to like to be that open for me at times like there because I think like there's also I mean one part of it is I have enough followers on social media especially on Twitter at this point that it is like sometimes overwhelming to do the pep talk so I have to like wait till later at night because it's like if I do it at like 930 I'll get like 200 people and i'm like oh this is gonna take like an hour and a half and uh-huh. i just like don't you know i don't know that and I. and you want to answer I, them all i do i i'll say that i have five minutes but like I, my feeling is if someone reaches out and is like hey man i'm really struggling i'm not gonna be like uh sorry you missed the deadline loser <laughs> so right. i i leave it open but i do think it takes like a conscious effort to be open and like earnest in that way because it is like pretty i mean like we do uh, we do a lot of stand-up in like various Circles, right? I think we both kind of travel around the city and around mm. the country, and, and aren't just like in one place with like a group of people that know us and and know our whole deal. And I think like th- that kind of earnestness is not always like I think people sometimes in our world of like stand up, especially, see it as sometimes a, a weakness or could see it as a weakness, like being being kind, being really sincere, and yeah. and, and like yeah like I think like being a fan of people is really important to me like telling people when I think they do good work is is really important to me and not in like necessarily like a networky sense but just like oh man that joke that I heard you do at at the show so funny um I man that really tickled me and like I you know it's just like I haven't heard that many new things this week that I loved and I'm so jealous of that like just to be able to say that it feels to mm-hmm. me or, or like even when it's something i wish i were doing to to like say it with like open admiration instead of that kind of like underhanded like all right but who books that is always the comedy question yeah right? yeah to yeah be like oh man that or you know that that set you did on the show was really great or Uh, you know this tv show or this thing you wrote and published is so beautiful and touching to me i think like being a fan of your peers and and like colleagues even when they're not peers is like really it can sometimes come off as really uncool but i think that's like it helps me to not be jaded and it helps me to not be like i'm in this for me because i am in this for me but like it also is important to like be a good member of the community and to be like admiring and and encouraging of other people
0: yeah i think it takes like a great a great amount of personal security to operate that way it i
1: feel Uh, very secure and i think like my my why how what (laughs) I mean, there are things that I'm insecure about. But overall, I think, like, my comedy is sometimes a little – can be a little self-deprecating just depending on, like, what I'm talking about. But I don't – I'm not, like, a self-loathing person. Um, And and I think, like, I try to – like, I've had, like, a lot of good fortune recently in my um, career. And I try to, like, take that as both, like, this doesn't mean that I'm the greatest. Like, I've had good circumstances and I've been set up to succeed and I've – I've maximized those chances, I think. Um, But I'm trying to be like, well, this is, you know, this is real. This is not all um, purely happenstance. Like I've, I've worked hard and, and I deserve at least to feel proud of my hard work paying off. Even, even though I'm like, there's still work I can do. This doesn't mean that like I'm better than anyone else. I just mean like I worked hard, I paid off. I can feel satisfied. And like, also I have like, friends and family and and like really and and i'm in a wonderful marriage and i just feel like very secure in my life where i'm like oh this i'm i i really have people that i love and care about and who care about me and and i think that i'm like doing okay if that makes sense so yeah of course i don't feel like when i'm like if i see you know whoever it is if it's like one of our Peers, like someone that we maybe started with or work with a lot, and I go, I really love that thing you're doing, or like, I'm so uh, I listen to your album that you just put out, and I'm so inspired by it, or whatever. Like, that to me is super worthwhile, as it is to like, if there's someone you know, like Ray Romano drops in at the cellar when we're there, and, yeah, and to go, Hey, man, I really, I'm a big fan, I really enjoyed your set to me. I don't want anything back from that, but it's important to like, I don't want him to be like, wow, you're a fan. We should be best friends, (laughs) but I sure. Sure. You'd
0: probably accept that. Yeah.
1: And I feel like there's a, like, I forget where where we're just banging on the table. I forget where I like learned this, but like I taking a compliment graciously is like such a gift to someone else. And, And I think like a lot of people can do that. You know, a lot of people like at that level will do that. But it also, I think giving a compliment stops the impulse that at least i have i don't want to put this on anyone else but there's that like nagging voice of like if you tell this person that you're a fan of them they'll think of you as like not a peer and not a colleague they'll just think of you as like a a just a fan which like yeah first of all it would there would be no comedy like no stand-up comedy without people who like stand-up comedy so like i don't want to denigrate the idea of being a comedy fan i think that's like I am very grateful that people like that exist. Yeah, but I also think that like to be a colleague and uh and like an appreciator and admirer is like a really open, generous thing to do. Cause I and I also know I would love to hear that from people. I'm never like if I work with someone and they're like, hey, this was really cool. Like I. Um, we don't really know each other, but I saw this thing you did a couple years ago and I was like, man, this guy's great. And I'm like, you know, so glad to work with you. That would make, that would really warm my heart in a way that I always try to, you know, when I watch a friend's special or whatever, I want them to know that I love it and, and appreciate their work, you know, all that kind of stuff.
0: Yeah, that's so, um... I want to have a better word than nice, but it is just like, it's really nice to do that because whenever I'm faced in a situation and I think a lot of people probably will feel the same is that they want to come off sincere. Like the goal is to come off sincere, but to pay someone else a compliment starts this spiral where you maybe feel like you're going to come off in, in sincere, or that you want something from yep. them or that like you're asking them to give you something in return, totally. even emotionally. Yep. And, um, That probably causes a lot of people to not speak or to not ask a a girl or a boy on a date or, um, you know, any of those kinds of things that help you connect with people in in life.
1: Totally. And I think I'm not like a person who I like if I see someone like on the street or like in an airport or something, I'm not the kind of person that like goes up to them because I think that's like, you know, people are. They're living their life, but I feel like yeah, we're it's so, contextually yeah, we're so fortunate to have the context. Excuse me, to have the context to like meet and work with and and sometimes get to chat with people that we like have admired for years or recently came into came to appreciate their body of work. And I think like those opportunities are so and and those like explicit contexts for like being able to to talk to someone like that is so meaningful to me. And I don't I like why would i not say to someone who um you know to to someone who with whom i'm chatting and like have a a pleasant rapport like oh hey by the way this your performance in this thing just like really i thought was so delightful and i think you know my wife and i talk about it all the time like that kind of stuff i just don't there's like so little benefit to holding that in and I think you can do it in a way that doesn't seem like you're also needy and like and now it's your turn
0: (laughs) yeah 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 that's a that's such a it really is a skill to develop I think kudos to you on that like I I very much think that that's you know it's a very hard thing to do to come off like actually genuine when that's most people's goal you know I think it's easier to be cynical about people but uh, you're talking about connecting with people and having this opportunity with within the connections with other people yeah. is that what you're seeking is that like do you actively think about that like have you have you kind of psychoanalyzed yourself this is why I was excited to talk about comedians first on this journey before I get to other types of you know professions and, and different ages and stuff It's like you, you comedians are very introspective on a whole yeah. um, and i assume that you have thought about these things before mm-hmm.
1: i am so i'm 36 And I started doing comedy when I was 19. And Uh so, and I'm really valuing, the last couple years especially, I've like really started to value long-term friendships. Like I love meeting new people still and making new friendships. But like, especially the last year, the idea of like connecting with people that have been in my life for a long time is like such a soothing And like emotionally nourishing feeling to me whether it's like a bunch of my childhood friends a bunch of guys i've known since i was seven or eight we've been doing and then a couple of guys i met a little you know a little later in life like in our teen years or whatever tween years um we've been we subscribed to this like snack box service that that sends it's for 16 bucks a month and you get uh snacks They send you like a little a little box that's like uh like a Whitman's like a little bigger than a Whitman sampler because you get a few different kinds of chips and a and a fruit flavored thing and we go on Zoom we like throughout the pandemic the last three months we've been four months we've been going on Zoom and like trying all the snacks together and rating the snacks and just like catching up and it's so (laughs) at first I was like a little bit like like oh is this gonna be one of those like chaotic zoom hangouts where at yeah and you feel like you just zapped and you're like i didn't really talk to anybody but it was so fun and i look forward to it so much every month and then like a bunch of people that i started comedy with in boston i've been doing game like a online game night with them every once in a while and that feels so good too that it's just like oh these are people that i maybe i enjoy spending time with people who I've known for for so long and like that I have such history with and I I, I feel what what is it
0: that flipped the the switch for you to make that feel important or like why do you think that that's important because I I, you know I I mean you moved to New York City in your 20s -hmm. the same as I did and there's such a nomadic kind of shift in your life where you know you might not even have furniture for a couple of years you're just focused on your career goals And then there is some kind of like strange shift that once you, you know, for me, it was once I got some professional things under my, under my feet, then I could, I felt deserving enough to go after those other kinds of connections. So was there there a shift for you? Is that something?
1: That 100% is part of it where I feel like, okay, I, there was so much stuff that I sacrificed to like strive for this professional success. And now that I feel like I don't have to say yes to every professional thing Um, Or that I know I can go like, hey, could we shift that a little bit? Then it makes me me feel like a little more comfortable, like, prioritizing human being stuff. Whether it's like, oh, yeah, my wife and I are going to go see a movie that night. Even though I got asked to do a spot, I'm just going to say no and not, like, apologize and go, oh, hey, thanks for thinking of me. Would love to do it again. I'm booked that night already. And just, like, not worry about it. Like, not be like, I need to say yes to everything because if I don't, I'm losing ground. But also... I, at my last job when I worked for last week tonight, I um, worked weekends for five years, you know, every show weekend. So, like, 25, 24 to 35 weekends a year. And I just mm-hmm. miss so many weddings and stuff. And it some of them, even though it was people I love, I was like, oh, it's okay to not, you know, I'm sad to miss this event. I'm okay not doing all this, like, wild travel. You know, sometimes a wedding is, yeah. like, a lot. Yeah. But I am now, like okay, but I need to prioritize friendship and because I want to cultivate those relationships and maintain them because I feel like I was maybe absent at some crucial times.
0: Is it guilt or is it that you, I mean, there's partial guilt for maybe missing some things Mm -hmm. or being kind of absent in a previous decade of your life. But like, what is it do you think about having friendships that are decades long that actually is important?
1: I think it, it feels like I really appreciate the, like, enduring friendship of people I've known a long time and have, like, seen grow and, like, people that I love and admire and people who it, it's very um, energizing to me to feel like there are people that feel that way about me as well. You know, like, my mm-hmm. um, my friend, I guess this is about a little over a year ago, My my friend had, like, a six-month-old baby at that point. I'm trying to like make the timeline work. I think it was like late 2019 and she'd had this baby and I was in LA where, where she lives and not a comedy friend. Um, and I was like, I want to, you know, I and I had missed her Wedding. I couldn't travel for the wedding. So I was like, I'm in town. I want to hang out, get coffee, meet the baby. And she like met up with me and we had coffee and it was so nice to just like have that in-person catch up, even though we text and email and I'd seen pictures. And then uh, it just like, it's so good to like, to me to to maintain those friendships and just like really like check in and and like appreciate people i, yeah. I don't know I, I but i do think it's like just that the the long tenure of it makes it feel very solid and like it, you know if this person is still my friend after i had like a kind of rambling nomadic 20s and like we can mm-hmm. come back and like reconnect and be like oh uh let's like i want to meet your kid and like let's talk and like how's work and or how's maternity leave and all that kind of stuff it just like makes me so happy that to like pick up those relationships and be like oh good this is still going and i'm I'm, like really i'm like curious about people and i i care about the, the people in my life you know
0: right yeah and i feel like life moves at such a quick pace sometimes um that you know you miss a decade of your your friendship with a friend you know on and off you're you know you stay in touch but you miss some big events or yeah. whatever else and depending on what day it is or maybe what headspace you're in it's like it feels like yesterday yes totally uh, and,
1: and i and it also can feel like i think there's a way where I, I similar to like how i sometimes i'm like should i say this compliment like am i gonna look like a dork i there's like people where i'm like I haven't seen this person, like, that self-perpetuating thing of, like, we haven't really talked the last few years, and, like, I could have been better about being in touch, and, like, maybe they don't want to hear from you, or, like, maybe this isn't the friendship that I thought it was, but it's, like, well, you don't know until you reach out and ask, is how yeah. I know, right?
0: I, again, I think it's really noble to be able to crush that uh, insecure doubt in your mind and just kind of go forward and allow yourself to be surprised because sure. I think that's something that also long tenured friendships do for you mm-hmm. is that occasionally you find yourself to be completely surprised by yeah. the interaction and it, it is very energizing like you said and I think that is something for me that has I have found meaning in in continuing to do that yeah. because, and to find the, and talk to these people and uh, reconnect with people or just um, I always try to reach out when I'm thinking about somebody. Yeah, totally, um, me too.
1: Because again, like, what is there to lose? And and obviously, it's not like every person that I uh, went to a party with in college. I'm like, I have to be friends with this person, or else right. my life is meaningless. But it is like when there's someone that I'm like, like you said, that I'm like, oh man, I I wonder how this person's doing. And we haven't talked in a little while, but I would, you know, I'm curious and I, I'm I'm interested in this person's life. And it's not. I think I, I'm also like legitimately curious about people who whose lives have moved in other directions where like i feel like i was i am pretty career focused and and specifically like within entertainment and writing but like i love if someone's like you know i moved out to to colorado and i do i have like i work at whole foods and and, but that's just like so, or I work wherever Starbucks. So I have health insurance, and and it lets yeah. me snowboard a lot. It's like tell me about that. Like t- I want to hear about that. The I the only answer that is like kind of a bummer to me, like because I and I love like seeing people from high school. Like I know a lot of people are like like Bruce Springsteen their way out of their hometown. Yeah, it's I dreadful. Like, I really miss and like people that I went to school with, and, and so when I run into them or have the chance to catch up or like a reunion or or like just you know, night before Thanksgiving type stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm always the only thing that I'm like, when I start a conversation, I'm like, Hey, what's up? What's new? And they're like, Oh, you know, just work. I'm like, I don't know. I haven't seen you in eight years. Like what right. do you do for work? What, like, right. What do you, what do you wish you were doing while you're at work? Like, what are you saving up for? What are you, do you find
0: that depressing for me? What's depressing? I don't put, want to put words in your mouth. No. But when I've so determined to follow my dreams, mm-hmm. so to speak, I, I'm attracted to people who are doing the same kinds of things. And those are who I want to surround myself with. And I haven't totally understood why that is, but what depresses me most when I talk to someone that I haven't seen in a while is to find out that they're not pursuing this thing that they do want, or they've convinced themselves that they don't. It's fine. Everybody has to write their own story and live their own life, which is why I want to do this podcast. Um, But I get really depressed or, Um, you know, I start to think about what it must be like to be them not doing what they want or feeling like they can't.
1: I, I am, I feel like there's a little of that, but it's, for me, it's mostly like, I'm sure that there is something in your life that's animating and... The reason you're like, you're like, the reason that you do this podcast is like what I want to hear from everybody, even if they're not living a professional dream or they're not like, oh, you know, I thought I would have traveled to Paris and Japan by now, but I haven't. But if you're like, you know what, this might sound corny, but I've been like going through the AFI top 100 films because I feel like I haven't seen the great movies and like it is blowing my mind. Like, whatever, yeah, like whatever it is that you like are looking forward to that you feel like you're doing the other stuff to support it and like obviously we live in like a uh like a crushing capitalist society where like so many people it's like if you have a child then even that, that who you love and, and and are supporting that the amount of money for like health care and child care because you know it is so uh it's it's like such an obligation to like you you just need to make so much money to be okay in america yeah and also
0: it takes a lot of time a lot lot of time time opportunity that's lost
1: so it's totally not I, i like if somebody's like oh i don't like i go to this job 40 hours a week and like it's kind of a drag but like that's what i gotta do that does not depress me like i mean it does in that like i wish they had the opportunity to like make their day their own but i'm not like oh this person is a bummer because they have to work like i get that not everybody has the good fortune to have like a dream that it, yeah. a, a job that is like I, I feel like i am like like we're, we're talking about like living the dream and pursuing the dream but like when someone thinks that that's all i want to hear from them is just like what are you doing for work is like i don't if you don't care about that i don't care about then, that tell right me, like tell me about Oh, we're in, I'm in this ski ball league and like it's weirdly competitive, but I think we're gonna win it this year. Like that's that, great. All that stuff. Whatever animates you, and and, and again, like so I brought up this the, just the bigger systemic stuff just to say like, not that I expect everyone's life to be full of like whimsy, but but like you started this podcast to hear what gives people meaning. It's like let's cut to the chase, right? Like let's let's not have the conversation of like what do you spend 40 hours a week doing? If that's something you don't, that's not interesting to you. Let's talk about like, yeah, my, my second child just took their first steps and I didn't think it would affect me in the way it did with the first child, but it, it like, you know, I was like, Whoa, I like was a real landmark or my second child took their first steps and I didn't notice because my first child was like tearing furniture apart. And you know, like whatever it is, whether it's personal or recreational or artistic, I just like, I'm always there. There's so few people that I've like ever been connected to that. I don't want to hear like what they're, what they're into now,
0: no matter what it is, because no you crave the, the connection part of it. Yeah. I mean, you just want to, it sounds like what you're saying is that you want to find what it is that that makes people enjoy themselves. Yeah. And that's what you want to hear about because that's where you derive your enjoyment.
1: I yeah, I it makes me feel so good to hear like what's what makes people feel happy and satisfied. And I think like a lot of the the work that I do like outside of being in writers rooms and stuff or even sometimes inside writers rooms, I think like so much of what the vibe of my stand up and other writing is is that I want to provide like uh like comfort to people in a way that doesn't feel hollow like that's a big
0: yeah thing that i try to do with do you think why is that do you think that you didn't feel comforted you know is it it, like for me um comedy and all these things i want to make people not feel alone i want to um connect with people and just because I need I need those things. I need connection. I need to feel good, and to make other people feel good makes me feel good. You know, I, it makes me feel not as alone. So, what is it like a deep seated need or like a fear, or what is it that makes you want to want to hear about other people?
1: I I mean I have a lot of that in me too. Of like making people feel good makes me feel good. That's like certainly part of how my brain works. But I think I want to hear about other people is just like I'm. I'm like curious and enthusiastic. I'm I'm definitely like energized by other people's like happiness and success. Yeah. A- and I also think like to to make it personal and artistic, right? Like not to keep bringing it back to work, but like there are comedians who are really good at being like righteously angry, right? In a way that you're like, yeah, this is corrupt and we got to burn that down and like Yeah. And how I, dare and they? I think that's awesome. And then there are people who are like i have this this um this part of myself that i'm gonna reveal even though it's painful and i I, and vulnerable and and hopefully that will make other people feel uh less like their, you know what they consider their flaws are are unique and horrible right like by exposing that to other people hopefully they'll feel like a little less alone and a little less uniquely broken i think that's really Mm -hmm. beautiful like in the way that like maria bamford is like really generous emotionally with her audiences Um, yeah and i don't know that those are my skills like i don't think that's what i do the best but i think what i can offer it as like an artist and like as a friend is like i'm here for you and like i i want to create a space where people feel safe and welcome and and like engaged with uh and that it's like like I kind of want like the 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 people to feel like refreshed by (laughs) my like comedy and writing does that make sense like yeah of course an hour stand-up show or like even a 15-minute set or reading something that I wrote to be like oh I just feel like the it was I spent a little time that wasn't ignorant of how bad things can be in the world, but that was like a, a, a like, respite. Like, when you go to sleep, you don't go to sleep because uh, you're like, I don't have things to do, right? Like, you don't, by going to sleep, you're not, like, uh, failing to do chores around the house or failing to, like, right. respond to an email. You go to sleep because sleep is healthful and feels good. And, and, and that's kind of, like, what I what i'm trying to create is like
0: i like that just because most comedians would never describe their goal as uh trying to make people feel like they're asleep
1: (laughs) (laughs) i mean look i've made that happen literally for people and it's not (laughs) the loudest moment
0: i don't exactly know how to phrase this but has everything worked out the way that you've wanted
1: um i feel like things have worked out really i mean that's a great question again I don't, things haven't worked out the way that I planned in every element, but they have worked out in a way that I'm really grateful for and and happy with. Did you ever
0: see a possibility that, you know, you wouldn't get, I'm sure there are plenty of specific things mm -hmm. that you wanted that you didn't get. Yeah. I wanted, I just basically, I wanted to know, like, do you think that things have worked out? And like, what do you do now? Yeah. Like you have these things. How do you continue Mm -hmm. when you are in a position that you're comfortable with?
1: that's yeah i think about that all the time and and there's like so many different arenas i mean one thing is like okay i am trying to do more for others whether that means like you know more financial contributions to things that make sense to be more politically aware and participatory in whether it's protest or petitions or just like being informed about stuff and talking to people in my life about things that are important to me um, that's like one thing that where it's like I'm so fortunate to have this like dream career I have like a lot of wonderful friendships and family relationships and it's like I want when I say I want other people to feel okay it's not just like I want to make them laugh at my jokes it's like I I would like to be working for like a more just and equitable society so that's like that kind of thing it's like well there's always work to be done there and mm-hmm. then in personal and career relationship or personal and career issues it's like for me i have a, a, my wife is the best we get along so well and then it's like thinking about well what do we want to do together how do we want to spend this time that we have and i think this year as as really hard as it's been in a lot of ways i think we've really had a lot of time to like get to know each other even more and um, enjoy cooking food together and eating and watching things on tv and like talking about what matters to us in a way that like we sometimes would kind of squeeze to the margins when we were both working long days and like i would come home from sets yeah. at 10:30 and she's in bed like with her like had been reading and just had put the book down and was <laughs> like about to fall asleep and, and, and i think that like i've tried to um, I don't. I hate saying like silver lining to a pandemic or whatever, but I've tried sure. to, amidst how difficult things have been, and and how comparatively gentle a time I've had of it, being employed the whole time and and uh, not being alone, to like really use this time to like mindfully be like appreciative and and uh, of my partner and like grow together in that way, which has been a really it's been really fortunate to have that experience, and then with career stuff. Sorry, this is a very long answer, and I apologize. Um, with career stuff, I just want to be mindful of like, okay, am I making stuff that I like? Am I stimulating? Like, am I learning new things? Am I growing as a as a performer and a writer and an artist? And uh, and am I am I making work that like reflects who I am? And I and and what other stuff do I want to do? Like, I am in a little bit, you know, even. I moved to New York almost 10 years ago now, which is bananas. And, like, even for the first for the first three or so years, even four years, it was very much like, I will do whatever, whatever opportunity comes to me, I'll take it. Like, I need anything. And now I'm like, I have to be, I have to remind myself, like, I am in the driver's seat a little bit more of my own career. And, like, what do I want to be doing. I don't have to just do everything that someone is like, "We'll pay you a little money to do this." And I don't have to be like, "Yeah. Oh, okay." Because it's like, "No, I can choose to do work that is more fulfilling or stimulating or whatever." And and it's a very lucky position to be in. And I'm trying not to like be motivated just by like, "Okay, but the next thing that will pay me more is this." Or like people keep, "I wanted to do this 10 years ago. And now somebody wants me to do it, and I have to say yes because otherwise uh i'm not a real comedian or whatever so i'm really trying to like be honest with myself and in touch with like what i want from my career and like creating the stuff that like makes me happy to to create it makes me feel fulfilled and like where i get to work with people that i admire and so i'm really trying to like be more active about that
0: it's kind of like a thing that will just always continue to there's no finish line same with comedy or even like you know a joke for instance you're going to find a tag 10 years from now for a joke that you have now um like things aren't these things don't get completed
1: right like it's i think in comedy at some point if you do it long enough and are having professional success and fortune and and hard work that that is rewarded you end up being like that that expression like the dog that caught the car right like i like when i moved to new york um it was like so inconceivable to me that i would be working at a lot of the clubs like it was you know everything felt so daunting and like writing for television and and i've been doing that consistently for a few years and it's like that's it's, I'm so lucky and it feels so right. great, but it's, it, there's also that point of like, okay, I got that, but that doesn't solve the all the things that I was like, this, like, it makes me happy to do. And it's yeah. great to have these creative outlets and, and like to be employed. You still that have that internal industry. thing that you need to
0: resolve. And, and
1: I think to me, it's less like at this point, it's less of like professional success and acclaim and more like just getting to create stuff. That I like and work with people that I like, and um, and and feel like happy and satisfied. Like especially because I have that baseline of like I'm, I've been working for for a few years, and I, I I'm not like okay now is when I leave and eat, pray, love. But it is like okay, I'm I'm so happy to get to. I've gotten to work for shows that I think that I like you know like shows that i'm like i'm proud of what we put on right and been
0: praised for it i mean you won an emmy that's pretty cool it was very exciting but it was
1: like when i got this offer for this new job i was like okay this might be risking having left this i'd be leaving a show that is like hugely successful critically acclaimed um awards and uh and and like popular and and stable right like a stable right. writing job in new york is like such a uh gift <laughs> but right uh, yeah it's a blessing or whatever but to move to this other thing that's like okay this is i don't the show hasn't started yet so i'm building from the ground up even though Jesus and marrow have had a show before and they're so mm-hmm. funny and, and talented and like we'll do something great but it's like i was like okay i think I can like learn and grow from this experience, and I and I'll and what I'll be getting out of it is like a a new kind of like I went from one dream job to a different dream job, but it was like I do I, you know, if I stay here, maybe I will uh win more awards like just like by the the kind of inertia of the Emmy committee and how good that show is. Both it sure, yeah, like they will win until they're like we're done winning emmys <laughs> goodbye everyone right. and uh and and I was like oh I I kind of want to take on this like new creative project
0: maybe some people listening would think like oh what a non problem that choice is totally it is but, such a lucky but but for problem. you I mean this is what I'm interested in is for you that's like a really it's 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 a tough decision I know both of you're going from a place that's going to pay you money to another place that pays you money mm-hmm. so there's that's a uh, you know, that's all just numbers at that point, you know, but it is a really scary leap to go out in a place that's going to give you less security when you do have a wife and a dog mm-hmm. and you have all these things that you want to continue to do and, like, loftier goals for the for your future. And
1: it's, like, so, one of those things, too, where, like, th- this is, like, the United States, like, my wife is, my wife has diabetes and, like, her, since, I, since we've been married, she has health insurance through the, the Writers Guild, which is, like, incredible but i'm you know as much as she would say like don't make the decision based on that like because she she works full-time as well no, but like, they, those things matter those, and those so it's matter. just a lot to consider there and it is right it is something to consider where if i'm moving to a job where i'm like okay i know i'll be here for a year and then the show might only exist for a year because things happen all the time you know that are mm-hmm. like un, unrelated to like how you know, you we yeah, could make a show all kinds TV. of weird exactly. things. We could make the best show on T V and it could cease to exist after a year. The, again, no doubt in like the people that I was working with. But um and then it's like, okay, then I have to really game plan like what does it look like after that? And is is this a a move that is good for the future or is this just like, oh, this would be fun to do for a year. Um and like now we're we're in the third season and it's been so fun and exciting and I feel really Really glad that I made that move because, like I said, it was like I had five years at this one job that I loved and and I I learned so much there. And then I was like, oh, this is like a different kind of I'll like learn different skills and write different kinds of things and um and work with new people that I also really think are so talented and funny and I admire so much. And it was and it was like a really exciting thing to get to do. But like I think there was a world. In which I go, you know, it's not worth leaving this very successful, satisfying job. And again, like you said, champagne problems. Like, but
0: but there's still problems to you. Mm-hmm. Is kind of what I was asking about yeah. because and,
1: and it was it's about it was like a real chance to to like figure out what I was interested in for myself and for my career and and for my family. Like, right? Because I think there there was a, there was a time where, like, just the idea of comedy superseded everything, right? When I was, like, 25 right. and I was, like, sorry um, my, to my girlfriend at the time, like, I have to go to open mics at least four nights a week or I feel like I'm, I'm not growing the way I need to be to accomplish these goals. And now, like, the idea of just, like, I, I've gotten to a point where, like, not all comedy is, uh, is the priority. It's not everything. <laughs> yeah, right? yeah, yeah. We're, like, mm-hmm. I'm not going to four – Open mics a week and like,
0: but do you think at the time that you were saying I need to go to four open mics a week? That was it was true that it was everything at the time. Like it was what was getting you out of bed and what was exciting you. And now you're finding as you age, like these different, um, different things fulfill that.
1: Yeah, and and I think like I would not like there was a there was a time like before I'm probably right before I moved to New York and maybe even like a couple years after where I was like. I don't know if this will ever be my full-time job and I'd like to give it a shot and see if I can do it at that level. And if I can't, I will find a career that lets me like live a, a decent life. Like maybe I'll go back to grad school and like work in education policy or something or administration. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then... But
0: still to find that sense mm-hmm. of that purpose or that you, you know, it's... you've, Kind of just develop your purpose as you go and, in some ways, and
1: to keep having a creative life too. That was always the goal. Was like, okay, I can't. I was teaching preschool, and I was like, I don't know that I can sustain the like energy and the like make the the financial stuff work teaching preschool forever. But what I I was like, I could marry rich. That was something I thought, and I was like, mm-hmm, well, yeah, that's always possible. Yeah, and um, and or I could like get this other kind of like you know more um financially rewarding day job and like kind of squeeze the my creative pursuits to the margins but still find a way to do them but like i had to up and i had to like take that chance or i wanted to take that chance i didn't have to but i wanted to take that chance of like i'm gonna move to new york i will see whether i'm capable of doing this because i think if i were if i were still doing comedy at like exactly the level i was when i was 25 you know when i was like occasional like mostly working mostly on the weekend as an as an opener and excuse me doing a lot of open mics i think i would if, if i was still doing that at 36 uh i don't think i would be as satisfied um i mean yeah because i think i would still want like creative growth even if it wasn't a full-time job like i would be like yeah. okay i need to stop going to do two to four minutes of comedy in a bar where people aren't really listening
0: that it took you an hour to get there it Took an hour to
1: get there yeah and, like bought food to feel like i was you know like just all that kind of stuff i was just like i think that would be after at, at my age now where i've been doing stand-up for like almost 17 years i guess that i don't mm-hmm. think that would be as rewarding a choice as it was then when i was like growing more explosively just by like being around comedy all the time and like just like learning how to be myself on stage and learning how to write jokes that served my voice and my uh, point of view. And like, uh, yeah, so it wasn't like, but, but back then the idea of like any comedy was a priority and now it's like, right. Okay. Now I get to like pick and choose a little bit more and, um and figure out how to be like a good husband and friend and uh, dog dog. There are yeah. new challenges, yeah, and, and new new opportunities that I get to like enjoy because, uh, because things on that that things have worked out in in a way where like
0: now you're allowing yourself to do this, yeah, a- and, and I'm yeah.
1: I'm like either catching up or like reconnecting or um deepening these relationships and interests outside of just like every night I have to go and and I think you know we have friends who do stand up seven nights a week all night you know what i mean like out at Mm -hmm. seven home at 11 2 a.m if they're working at clubs that have late shows uh, on the road 40 weeks a year and i don't mean to say like my life is richer than theirs but i I, what i mean is like i can't have a nine to five job and go. you wouldn't derive
0: the same things out of a lifestyle like that
1: yeah Mm -hmm. i mean like i still and I really want to like grow my stand up, and I'm, but but like this last year has been really, um, like it has really like taught me like it is important to stay home sometimes, and uh, and like yeah,
0: and- I think it's this past year, you know, for what it's worth, has been an exercise in um, perspective mm-hmm. and priorities. Yeah. I don't know that I personally needed um, an entire year <laughs> no, to learn that not. lesson.
1: Um, and this is not you like, know
0: as about six weeks in i was like i think i get yeah, it yeah yeah um, all right
1: we got we learned the lesson let's yeah up. thanks let's, <laughs> let's ramp it down now like i don't think i'm not like what a blessing but i am like i i've i was worried a week you have now. to
0: figure out a way to appreciate something yeah right? i was worried that my and, brain was going to be like
1: I, I really, for the first week, was like, "What do people do every night at 8:30 p.m. in their own homes?"
0: Yeah, I'm still struggling with that. Um, I never thought that I would watch Wheel of Fortune every single day for a year, but I have enjoyed it a lot and screaming at the people yep. for making the wrong choices yep. and things like that. But so, basically, my last question is that I just want to know: Do you think that? Do you have an answer if someone said, "What is the meaning of life, Josh Gondelman?"
1: I guess, like, I would say. It's like a twofold thing of doing things like doing things that are like nourishing and stimulating to you, and then using that as fuel to like do for others and to be there for others. Uh-huh. when you can. like when you know when you're when you're able, I think there there are people that you know, maybe it's like the the effort it takes to be okay and to feel okay is so much that that's that takes so much of the time and energy but like they the it's like a talmudic thing if i'm not for if i'm not for myself who is for me and being for my own self what am i so it's like if if nobody if if nobody if i'm not doing things for myself whom who do i expect to like improve myself and like look after me but okay if i'm for myself like what am i what it what is this life I'm building what what do what does it mean who am I what am I serving and I think that's like okay I'm tending to myself and now like what do I want to do who who do I want to be how can I how can I
0: help so that's kind of why you find yourself um continually to circling back to being in service of other people
1: I think I think it's really important it's something I like really I there's more I could be doing and I try to like let myself off the hook to be like okay i've done what i've done so far and like how can i keep redoubling my efforts to be like generous and present with others
0: that's great i think this is really helpful and i hope that people are going to well i know they will i know that people are going to enjoy listening to this because i think there's a lot of great things to take away so um thank you thank you for your time Oh,
1: thanks for having me this is a blast
0: Thanks for listening. If you'd like to support the podcast, head to Patreon.com/slash Ryan Beck and follow me at, at I am Ryan Beck on Twitter and Instagram. And be sure to check out my other podcast, Falling in Love with My Wife, available everywhere you get your podcasts. Thanks. The Meaning of Life is produced by Ryan Beck, edited by Ryan Beck, and the music is by Shakir Stanley. Thanks for listening.